Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast, where we're chatting with Hez, who learned Spanish with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. Wondering what the challenge is? The Fluent in Three Months Challenge is a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation in your new language as a part of a supportive community. Want to learn more? You can find out more about the challenge by visiting languagehacking.com slash challenge. And of course, if you enjoy this episode and you'd like to hear extended versions of many of our podcast episodes and get access to lots of fun bonuses, you can join us over on Patreon. You can learn more at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. As always, all of the links and resources mentioned as a part of this episode will be available to you in the show notes. In our conversation with Hez, we discuss what to do when you're impatient and you want to learn everything all at once, fighting perfectionism and being kind to yourself in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, the Buddhist idea of a beginner's mind, keeping up your language learning during stressful periods in your life, and ways to have fun with your language learning. So let's get into our chat with Hez. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 114. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis and today we are talking to one of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge participants, Hez. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into it. Hez, can you share how your language learning journey started? Yes, I can. Um, first off, uh, thanks so much for having me. Um, let's see. So my, my my language journey began pretty young. Um I actually lived in a rural town uh, when I was really little, and um, because we had a lot of migrant workers coming, uh, we actually started learning Spanish um, before most schools in the U.S. Like a lot of schools in the U.S. Um, don't start language learning until middle school or high school. So um, I was I was pretty lucky that I did get a little bit of exposure to Spanish early on when I was about nine. Um, we moved out of that school district uh, shortly thereafter, so I didn't get a whole lot of uh, of exposure. But I was always really curious about different cultures, and and learning languages was always kind of part of that. It just seemed like a way to engage with a culture. Um, so then I started trying to learn uh, teach myself. Um, Italian off of um, cassette tapes from the library, uh, which I've really dated myself by saying that. But um, and then, yeah, it just kind of like any time I found a new interest in a country, I would learn the language or at least try. Um, I I went to Ireland for the first time when I was in my early twenties, and so I started learning Irish. Um, luckily, I lived in Chicago at the time, and there are a lot of great resources for learning Irish there. Um, so yeah, it just was kind of always like that. So I, I lived in Japan for a year, so I learned uh, some Japanese to go there. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of well, that's more than you asked for. <laughs> that's where it started. That's how it started, and then and then and then how did it continue? <laughs> how did it continue? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so well, after learning a bit of Japanese, let's see, what's the next language I tackled? Well, I'm I'm I've started learning a little bit of Ukrainian. Um, for obvious reasons, you know, just of what's going on over there. Um, 
And let's see, I, I took a couple years of French in high school. Um, you know, and it's funny that that's the last thing I think of because that was probably the worst way for me to learn. Um, I I don't remember ever really speaking French. Um, you know, of course, you speak a little bit with the teacher in class when they call on you, but um, that was definitely the, <laughs> the, the that's the one I forget about of all, of all the languages I've, I've at least tried to learn. Um, I, I forget about my classroom experience. Oh, in German, I've also uh, learned German. I actually have family in Germany, um, so I've I've struggled to learn that as well. Um, so I've I've done a lot with um, my best success has been with uh, the Pimsleur method. So that's actually how I started learning Irish. And that was the um, when I discovered Pimsleur was when I started learning Irish. And um, and I found that that just that constant repetition was really helpful and uh, just building that muscle memory. Um, and so that kind of became my go to tool from there. Um, but I always hit a wall um, when I'm learning a language where I, I get impatient. I've, I've learned this about myself that I am fundamentally an impatient person. <laughs> so that's really not helpful for language learning. And I've had to, um, find ways to work around my own impatience because, you know, I just want to know everything all at once. You know, you just want to have a conversation and have fun with the language. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's a challenge to, to push through that and, and accept that, okay, well, this is my level right now. Um, I'm just a little, you know, like speaking at a toddler level, so to speak. And, and that just has to be okay. And, and so, um, finding this challenge was really helpful, um, to, to getting there and, and really, you know, it's sort of like this mind game of, you know, forget that long-term goal of having this big, amazing conversation, um, and, and just focus on the step-by-step, step, like, and just celebrate each little step, um, in the learning. Uh, and so that's, that was, that really came, uh, after, you know, discovering this challenge and participating in my first challenge and, and also being in a community with so many other people that are learning and, and having the same struggles and you just kind of, you get over yourself a little bit, you know, like we're, we're all going through this. So, um, you know, that helps it feel better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little rambly. I hope that's not a problem. No, that's great. Definitely <laughs> okay. talk, talk all about it. We, we appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> and from there, how did you end up joining the challenge? Um, actually, because I wanted to get serious about learning Spanish, like actually learning it. Because one thing that I've had a challenge with um, is that, you know, that initial interest would kind of wane and then, you know, I, I wouldn't be as committed to the language studies or I would hit a wall because I was just frustrated that I couldn't really have a conversation. Um, and so I would kind of give up. So I had a lot of false starts in language learning for that reason. And uh, I think I came across your book, Benny, in the library. Um, so I read that and... And then I, I think that was actually a few years ago. And for whatever reason, I just didn't, I, I wasn't ready for like a full on challenge. Um, and then, I don't know, within the last, let's see, I did my first challenge uh, that started this past December. And I had 
restarted my my attempt to learn Spanish um, because I have a couple friends who speak fluently, and one of whom is a native um, Spanish speaker, though he was born in the U.S. And I don't know, I just kind of I, I reached this point where I was just really tired of only being monolingual, and I kind of felt left out. Like I have these friends who speak multiple languages, and I just felt like Spanish would be the most uh, logical one, you know, living in the U.S., um, I feel like even though we're not technically a bilingual country, like we really kind of should be. <laughs> so um, I just felt like that would be the most um, uh, the most practical language and also just the most fun since I do have friends who speak it. So uh, anyway, I just I just got tired of only having one language. And I thought, well, that's it. I really need to commit to this. And this challenge seems like a great way to do it. And and I was right. It was. Um, so I've learned a lot more Spanish within the last, um, let's say that was like six months ago that my first challenge started. I've learned more Spanish in the last six months than in the whole rest of my life combined. So um, it was definitely a good decision. I want to return to what you were saying about being impatient and wanting to learn everything all at once, because I think that this is something that this is something that a lot of language learners struggle with, but they haven't quite put that terminology to it. And I know in my own personal experience that it is something that I've struggled with because I've learned other languages. So when I pick up a new one, I'm frustrated that I'm not immediately where I'm at with some of the other languages. And, and you've learned many languages like this too. So this is probably something that you can relate to as well. So I'd love to know what some of the things are. I know you had, had said that um, you try to accept where you're at, but that's like, it's one of those things. It's like you try to do, you're not always super successful. So we obviously need to have some other tools to kind of help us be okay with where we're at and being okay with slowing down and being a little bit more patient, patient with ourselves. So what are some of these other things that you do to keep from getting frustrated and losing your motivation when you're learning? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause you're right. It's not easy. Um, you know, it's like this constant mind game that you're playing with yourself sometimes, especially on, you know, some days are, you know, better than other, others, obviously. So, um, I mean, one of the things that I do, and this is just from a general perspective, I think that, you know, meditating and, and having other routines in my life that just kind of support me being more patient in general have, have been really helpful. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, everybody kind of has their own spiritual take on, on how to do that. But I think that's important. Um, and because that feeds everything that you do in your life, right? Um, but in terms of like specifically zeroing in on like language learning hacks or things like that. I, what I found in this challenge too, um, in my first challenge was that switching up the routine was really helpful for that because I could kind of focus. It, it took my focus away from like the frustration and the things that I don't know and put it into something more enjoyable and fun. Like, you know, maybe you know, I'm just pushing myself too hard and I'm getting too stressed over like all the things that I don't know. And so maybe I'll put on some music in my target language or maybe I'll just kind of chill out and find um, something on Netflix or some, you know, other like YouTube or whatever, uh, some kind of streaming service where you can just pick out anything that you just feel like watching and put it in your target language if it's available or find something to watch in the target language that was, um, you know, originally written in that language that, and then I really enjoy that when it's, um, like, like, for example, I watched a show from Colombia, Um, and then you're kind of experiencing something of that culture, um, 
more than just like the the language that you're trying to learn. And then it's it's just it feels a little more immersive and you can kind of uh, distract yourself, you know. So I think sometimes that's uh, that's pretty key. And then I think if you can just bring your stress level down and relax into it a little bit more, that's that I have found really helpful. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's my biggest key for when I find myself getting stressed or impatient. Um, Cause I think they kind of go hand in hand. The more impatient you are, the more you're stressing yourself out. So um, whatever you can do to kind of like just chill out and relax a little bit. And then I find when I do that, when I take that little bit of a mental break, even if it's just to sit and listen to something and it's more of a passive experience, but um, it allows my brain to rest and then I can come at it fresh either later that day or the next day, uh, depending. So that's really touched on the point of motivation, but uh, in a somewhat similar vein, I know at the start of the challenge, you struggled a lot with perfectionism and just being kind to yourself because it can be, you can, we can be our worst critics and to be saying, you know, you're a failure because you're not at this level already. So whereas you did have a kind of evolution throughout the process of changing this balance. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, when I started my first challenge, so I actually kind of launched into the challenge before the challenge really started because <laughs> once I made the commitment to do the challenge, I was just all in. And so I was doing the the Spanish every day. So the funny thing is that by the time the challenge actually started, I was already experiencing a little bit of a dip in, um, you know, my energy levels and, um, already starting to get a little bit overwhelmed about, you know, fitting this into every day because I chose the seven days a week. Well, this is the other thing too. So when I got to that point, like right as the challenge was starting, um, I realized that I should actually change my study goal. I think my original study goal um, was like five or six days a week, 45 minutes to an hour. And and then I realized just as the challenge was actually officially starting that I should change that to 30 minutes a day, seven days a week. And on the one hand, it felt a little bit more daunting to be doing it every single day without a break day per se. But the 30 minute goal I realized was so much more manageable because I could use my work commute. And I think that I had gotten that idea from um, one of your webinars, Benny. Um, and I realized, oh, well, now if I do it seven days a week, like there's five days a week where my work commute is built in and that's almost like automatically I may meet my goal um, just because, you know, to and from work is about 30 minutes. So I kind of had that realization, which was really helpful. Um, so I'm really glad that I had switched that goal. But then even those first couple of days, of the challenge were just... Um, yeah, I, I kind of fell back into my old habit of just you know pushing myself too hard, and and then when I was only meeting only quote unquote only meeting the uh, the bare minimum goal, I kind of beat myself up about that because I'm I've always been a little bit of an overachiever, <laughs> so so I always want to do more than the minimum, right? So like even though I set this goal of thirty minutes a day in my mind, I I think I was still expecting to do more. So in terms of how did I get through that, I think really the community um, did it because, you know, I was reading through people's day zeros or, you know, watching their day zero, sorry, day zero videos and reading all of their comments and just reading all the different starting points that people had. And um, 
and reading experiences of other people who've learned multiple languages or also maybe had multiple false starts like I have had um, where, you know, I'll get really, I'll get to a point, a certain point in a language and I just hit a wall and I I plateau and I never really get beyond the beginner level. Um, That's happened to me a lot. Um, So I think reading about all those other experiences and and watching other people's videos was really helpful to start to feel like, you know, it's okay to not be perfect and and look at all these other people who are are making mistakes or, you know, not speaking perfectly. And and it just kind of reminded me that I'm a beginner at this and and that's okay. And, um, you know, I also sometimes I kind of imagine like, well, what if I was just a little kid? Would I be would I be expecting to be perfect at this already? Like, would I have this expectation? And um, and no, of course not. Like a little kid just enjoys. Right. Hey there, language lover. If you enjoy the language hacking podcast, then you will absolutely enjoy our Patreon, where you'll get a closer connection to us, the hosts, as well as loads of extra content, including bonus questions, extended episodes, and other fun things like mini challenges with Elizabeth, language coaching sessions with Elizabeth, my study templates, and the chance to ask Benny, Elizabeth, and I your questions. You can learn more over at patreon.com slash language hacking. We hope to see you there. I'd lo- love to hear, like, how did you learn to not be a perfectionist? Because at the start of the challenge, you had to deal with this thing. And, like, you have the external uh, help of, like, uh, resources that have evolved over the years. But we have these internal struggles that are kind of the biggest part of it. So um, it's all well and good to say that you worked on that perfectionism and you've embraced that kind of caveman speak by the end of the, the project. But how did you push against uh, the temptation of, oh, I can't dare speak because I don't know all of the words. I don't know all the conjugations that I know a lot of people struggle with. How, how did you get through that? Yeah, uh, internally, I mean, ca- talking to other challengers was really helpful with that. And I think when you realize, hey, we're all going through this same thing, this is just kind of part of the process. So that's huge. But internally, I think it's also a big part of just kind of my life journey, to be honest. I think that that's something that I've pushed up against um, or ran up against, I should say, uh, in all areas of my life. Um, so I think part of it is just kind of going within it and sort of looking at your own patterns, like the things that you know you you encounter this in a lot of different ways that, you know, realizing that it kind of has that same root of, you know, expecting perfection from yourself. Um, and I could I can think back to times when I was a kid learning in school, like in grade school, um, where I even then was expecting myself to be perfect or like, why didn't I get a hundred percent on this, you know, math homework when I was eight, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so I think being able to kind of recognize yourself and, and really look at those patterns is huge. Um, and then, you know, for me personally, I also have like a spiritual journey that has helped with that as well. Like, you know, meditating and doing yoga. And it's funny because even when I first started doing yoga, um, which I, I started with a, a class that I took in college when I was 21. 
And even then I was expecting perfection of myself. And it's like, wow, this is really antithetical to yoga. I'm stressing myself out because I'm not doing this posture perfectly. So, you know, that's also just been part of an internal journey that I've been on. And um, honestly, I think meditation has really helped a lot um, more than anything. And then um, just being exposed to different philosophies within that, like, um, you know, there's a concept in Buddhism called the beginner's mind. In fact, I think, um, you talked about this on one of your podcast episodes, um, before, uh, that was kind of a huge light bulb for me personally as well. Just, you know, coming into something, recognizing it and fully understanding that I'm a beginner at this and that's okay. Everybody has to start somewhere. Um, and just kind of having that, uh, that approach. Um, and even if I have to remind myself, which I often do, um, just kind of coming back to that and, you know, which is similar in meditation anyway, it's like, oh, you, you realize that your mind is racing like crazy. Oh, just, that's okay. Come back to the breath, you know? So it's this constant reinforcement of, you know, just sort of taming the mind and the mental landscape and, and, um, not beating yourself up about it. So, In the challenge, you took part in one of the many challenges where you need to practice speaking with others. And you said that you wouldn't have started speaking Spanish that early on if it weren't for that specific mini challenge. So can you talk a little bit about this experience? Oh, yeah, it's hugely important. I don't even think that there's a way to express how important it is really, because I think that's so important in all aspects of life to be kind to yourself. And that's something that took me a really long time to learn. I mean, I'm 42 years old and I would say that it's only within the last say four or five years that I've really started to prioritize self-care. And um, because I, what I realized is that I, I would say that at least 50% of my stress in life, even in the most difficult periods of my life, I would say that at least half of the stress that I felt was really self-created. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and it's, it's always caused problems. Um, you know, in relationships, you can't expect somebody else to be perfect. You can't expect somebody else to live up to the standards that, you know, I've held myself to. <laughs> so it, it took me a long time to realize that, oh, all of these ridiculously high standards and this, this sense of perfectionism that I feel like I should be able to achieve, I'm also putting that on other people. And that's really not fair at all. So um, that was reflected in a lot of different interactions that I had um, ac across my life. Um, and so I, I think, you know, when it comes to trying to express the importance of, of that, I just think it's, um, it, it's so huge and it's really hard to describe. It's also, um, you know, I think it's one of those things that you just kind of have to come to this realization of, you know, everything you're putting yourself through and, and is that getting you where you want to be really? Like, you know, because we can talk about a lot of external factors of what we want in life, but I think at the end of the day, what we all really want is to enjoy, enjoy our lives and be, you know, peaceful and calm is a huge part of being able to enjoy your life. Like if you're constantly stressing out about, you know, little things or like what you could have done or said 
differently or better. Like if you're constantly beating yourself up like that, you are not enjoying your life. And those moments add up. And then pretty soon you can, you can look back and realize, oh, I spent the last 10 years doing a bunch of stuff, but what did I really enjoy about that? <laughs> like, And I think what ultimately did it for me was realizing that when I did look back on different parts of my life, I couldn't remember really enjoying much of anything, which is, which is actually a pretty sad realization to have. I don't know. Did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, very good. And like uh, to veer in a slightly different direction now, if um, like, obviously, as you were just saying, we create these problems uh, ourselves and they, they hold us back. But uh, sometimes we do genuinely have external things that are holding us back. And during your challenge, you actually moved. And I've gone through multiple moves in the last few years. And I don't know how I would maintain any kind of consistency in a project during that. So how were you able to not lose your momentum despite such a huge impact on your life that like, you know, no amount of self-talk is going to change the fact that you are in the real world dealing with these problems. Right. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think it comes down to the systems that I put in place for myself, like, and specifically, you know, what I was saying earlier about the ways in which I would maximize my quote unquote downtime. Um, there's not a whole lot of downtime when you're moving, that's for sure. Um, but there's a lot of driving time. <laughs> so that's one thing that same as with my work commute, I maximized that time by using Pimsleur. Um, so that was big. It's it's often the most challenging. Actually, the move, even though it was a lot, um, it, it was consistent. I mean, I was always going to be in my car. <laughs> so, so that's a bonus. Um, or I was always going to be driving to the store, shopping, if not, you know, taking a load from one place to the other. Um, so there's always a lot of car time. So that was actually pretty reliable. Um, I mean, there's all the other logistics that take time away for sure. But I also, you know, I'm lucky enough right now that I have a, a job where, you know, I can take a break, you know, uh, here and there, I, I have an office. And, and so um, even though most days are, are really busy, I can, at that time, I could at least take, you know, a little break at work and, and do um, a little bit of Duolingo. That Duolingo was my best friend. Like when I'm trying to do anything, like if I'm at work, that's my best friend then. Um, and then, but the traveling is actually, I, I actually admire how you're able to travel as much as you do, Benny, and, and still keep up with language learning because that's where I have the hardest time um, keeping up a routine because uh, that, you know, you're dependent on the schedules of like the, the airline or, or whatever. And then usually when you're traveling, you're, you're, you know, presumably meeting up with other people. And it's when other people get involved, that's where I find my, my routines are a little shakier and I have to try a little harder to make sure that I'm, I'm actually fitting in the language practice. So, I mean, the apps, the different phone apps are hugely helpful for that, but it's sometimes it's still, um, it's a challenge just like remembering to do it when you're like running around trying to visit a bunch of people or, you know, um, so, but, but it all comes back to being able to maximize the, uh, any kind of downtime that you do have. 
also just remembering to do it sometimes. Like when you're, when you're that busy and going back and forth, like I will, um, if I think that there's a chance that I'll forget (laughs) to do any language, uh, learning, um, I'll set an alarm on my phone. (laughs) So my, my phone alarms are my best friends. Um, (laughs) cause that's also how I prioritize and make sure that if all else fails, if I if I have this alarm go off in the middle of my day, it says, "Hey, language." Um, at, at some point, I will I'll find a way to make it happen. Like when I traveled this last time, I took a book with me uh, in Spanish that's way above my level, <laughs> so I found myself just kind of translating it on Google Translate. Um, but it, it was like a fun and different kind of activity than than my usual um, go-tos. In the challenge, you took part in one of the many challenges where you need to practice speaking with others. And you said that you wouldn't have started speaking Spanish that early on if it weren't for that specific mini challenge. So can you talk a little bit about this experience? Yeah. um, So I'm the kind of person that if you put a challenge in front of me, I feel like I, you know, there again, it's probably back to the same root of the perfectionism, but I feel like I have to tackle it with everything I've got. Right. So, um, just the fact that there was a challenge put in front of me, you know, made, forced myself out of my comfort zone in a way that I might not have necessarily done. Otherwise I probably would have just stuck to my Pimsleur and felt like, well, I'm speaking every day. (laughs) Um, but you know, actually, you know, going out of my way to find people to talk to, um, who are understanding. I mean, I, I found, um, there was a meetup group that, um, meets online and once a week to talk, you know, to speak in Spanish with each other. So there was varying levels of, you know, language ability in that group. Um, and it was super nerve wracking because I'm an introvert. The last thing that I can ever imagine myself like willingly doing is just throwing myself in that kind of a situation with totally new people that I've never met before and and then be expected to talk in a language that's not my own on top of that. Like, um, that's, that's like, that strikes terror into my heart. (laughs) Um, but there was a challenge. So I, I forced myself to do it. And, and then I realized that it was fine. Because even though there were definitely people in that group that were much higher um, in their Spanish-speaking ability than I was, they were also really understanding. And it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think that was huge, like just realizing, oh, it's not actually as big of a deal as you're making it out in your own mind to be. (laughs) Like once you have that experience, then you kind of, you always have that, uh, you know, you always have that with you, right? Once you've had an experience like that, you can always recall that when you need it like and so now every time I think about how I gotta I gotta push myself to speak in actual conversations more oh remember that one time it worked out fine and you didn't know those people at all and it was terrifying but you know they didn't reach through the computer and strangle you just because you can't you know string a grammatical sentence together (laughs) so it's fine um so that was a huge thing and then also I I uh, also made a, an appointment with an italki tutor. So that was a great way to start, you know, 
with the italki experience and realized like, oh, I can always book an italki session <laughs> if nothing else. If, if I can't, you know, do that meetup group, if my schedule doesn't work with, you know, like my friends or anybody else that I can talk to, if all else fails, I can, I can book something on italki. <laughs> so that's awesome. And as well as the likes of italki and things, other resources you've mentioned, like Duolingo and such, you've said that it, sometimes it can be a little easier to, uh, when you're just not feeling that buzz of language learning, to plan to do something that's really fun in the language. So what kind of things uh, did you do to kind of break the monotony when you really needed to, to get your drive back up again? Oh, yeah, great question. Um, yeah, that was another beautiful, miraculous thing that I discovered in the challenge was just like, it's okay to have fun with it. <laughs> um, so I will find something to watch on Netflix in Spanish. I prefer things that are, um, you know, original uh, to, to the language as opposed to something that was like translated from another language, um, which is also another great way to explore a new culture, you know, by watching content that, you know, was made in a, in a different country. Um, and then, Oh, music, music is a huge thing. I'm I'm a huge music person. Uh, so discovering new music in my target language is hugely fun. I'm also a super nerd, so reading anything is fun. <laughs> um, sometimes, if I'm getting kind of, if I feel like I have I've got too much screen time in and I just want to take a break from screens. I'm I'm also the nerd who will sit down with a grammar book, not gonna lie. I will do some verb drills. <laughs> um a coloring book. I actually got a coloring book that's um like a Spanish dictionary and <laughs> so that's another fun thing that you know my inner child loves. Um so yeah stuff like that. Uh stuff that's just not you know too too mentally taxing. Like sometimes I just need a mental break at the, at the end of a long day or something. And I just want to kind of unwind. Um, so there's all kinds of ways to unwind in, in a target language that, uh, that are relaxing and fun and, and they give you that mental break that you need. So I think at this point I've probably found like every single way to relax and have fun. <laughs> you've shared a lot of the things that you've kind of developed with your language learning recently and as part of coming out of the challenge, but what would you say your biggest takeaway was from taking part in the fluent in three months challenge? Um, that it's okay to not, to not be perfect, that, um, that it's okay to embarrass yourself a little bit and make a mistake. You know, nobody's gonna, you know, chop your head off if you, like, if you just make a mistake. Um, that's the kind of the biggest thing. Uh, just, rolling with the flow of it. And, um, and I've realized that I'm okay with the embarrassing moments like, uh, this in this recent, the current challenge that I'm doing, um, that I'm taking part of part in as a coach. Um, I, my 30 day video went up and, you know, and I had thought about all the things that I wanted to say in the video. And when it came time to do the video, I was, I was completely exhausted and I, my mind, which just went completely blank. And I, <laughs> I, I put up this video that's just basically umming and awing the, uh, the whole time. And 
I thought, oh my gosh, am I really going to post this? Like, I'm supposed to be a coach. I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I posted it anyway. And just, just posting that is, is a huge step for me to, to, to post something that raw, that like, yeah, this is me at my worst for sure. And like, I swear I know more Spanish than this, but this is what I got right now. <laughs> so like, that was a huge step for me. And um, just knowing that, uh, that is so, so far from perfect. Like it, I kind of felt like I showed my growth <laughs> like as a person. And so, uh, so yeah, I just kind of did this little flip in my mind of just being like, you know what? I'm actually really, really proud of this for the fact that I'm willing to put myself out there in this raw, raw form. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. So that's that's great that you've had all of these uh, big learning experiences uh, throughout the challenge. So like keeping that in mind, um, what are your plans now moving forward? Like, do you have uh, future language challenges that you want to take part in? Do you want to maybe travel with your Spanish? What, what do you plan to do uh, moving ahead? Yeah, well, I definitely I'm going to keep learning uh, learning Spanish. I I do want to get to um, a more comfortable conversational level. Um, I want to I want to focus on more language islands. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy talking about with a with a certain friend of mine, or we we talk about movies a lot. So I want to kind of build that language island more. Um, also, we talk about politics. So I'm gonna at some point after I feel like, okay, I've mastered the movies <laughs> island, I'm going to kind of branch out into politics and not just current affairs. Um, so that's, those are my most immediate goals for Spanish. And then uh, there are so many languages that I kind of gave up on before I, I found this challenge and, and found what works for me that I definitely want to revisit them. Um, I would love to revisit German uh, because I do have family there and I would love to be able to have an actual conversation with my family. <laughs> um, so that would be amazing. And then I actually, early on when I, when I first discovered Pimsleur, I actually discovered it when I was learning Irish. And there's uh, someone else in the challenge who's learning Irish. Actually, this challenge and the last challenge um, – each of them had an Irish learner and every time they talk about, you know, the different things that they're doing in Irish, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to go back to that. Um, also because they've, they've, um, revealed so many more resources to me that I had no idea of before. So now there's all these beautiful Irish, uh, resources that I want to check out. So, so yeah, as far as branching out into a, a, another language, I don't know if, um, I'm going to add one more to Spanish because <laughs> I definitely want to span, um, maintain my Spanish level. Uh, so I, I'm not sure which one it'll be yet. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just keep adding one at a time. Like a new language a year, I think, is a really good goal. And of course, one of the questions we always like to ask our guests, given that this is the Language Hacking Podcast, is what is your definition of language hacking? Oh, just finding what works for you and doing it. Um, you know, whatever, whatever makes you feel joy in learning a language, to me, that's a hack. 
Yeah, be- uh, best way to put it. So this has been a, a great chat, Hez. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Any resources you mentioned, we'll make sure they're in the show notes. And um, until the next time, we will wish everybody listening a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. Happy language learning. All right. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our discussion with our guest. And these are things that you can try out in your own language learning over the next week or so and see how it goes for you. So, Benny, what was your takeaway from our conversation with Hez? Uh, I liked her answer up to the question I asked about how she dealt with moving, that essentially routine trumps chaos. This is the big takeaway for me. And she she said, like, oh, Benny, I wonder how you do this while you're traveling. And I certainly have uh, a chaotic life myself with a lot of unpredictability, but similar to what she did during her move, she just had things that she knew she was able to do, like listening to things in her cars on her, her CD. And it's similar to me. I know there are apps I'm going to use regardless. That It doesn't really matter where I am and how bad my internet is. So um, I would remind people that like... If you feel like your life is getting chaotic, uh, just think what are the simple things that you can do daily that you know you're going to keep up and uh, that you can enjoy. It's not, It doesn't have to always be the traditional idea of studying a language. There are ways you can inject, inject that. And I like that she managed to do that even while she was moving. What was your takeaway? My takeaway was what she said about having fun with your language learning, because I think a lot of the time we really get bogged down with studying and the more technical aspects of language learning. And we forget that there are things that we can do that we enjoy in our languages. For me, um, that's reading and playing video games. And, um, you know, a lot of the time when I think I need to spend time with my language, I'm thinking course book, vocabulary app language lessons, et cetera. And I forget that, you know, turning on Fable 2 and playing it in Hungarian, which it's available for on the Xbox, by the way, um, is just as much quality as, you know, doing some of the other activities because I'm immersed in that language and I'm doing something that I enjoy in that language. And I'm learning vocabulary that's relevant to me because I am a total nerd and I talk about games and video games all the time with my friends. So um, regardless of what language that's in. So just, you know, do something fun in your language this week. Do something that you enjoy and just do it in your language, whether that's reading, watching movies, watching TV shows, listening to music, um, watching a yoga tutorial, doing some meditation. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you enjoy, there's some way you can do it in the language that you're learning. So try that out. All right. To wrap up, once again, if you are interested in learning more about the challenge or even joining us in an upcoming challenge, you can learn more at languagehacking.com slash challenge. And if you're interested in checking out any of the links or resources that has mentioned, you can find those in the show notes, which are available to you as a part of this episode. And until the next time, happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. 
The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Amino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.